Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments before we get into the Word of God here today. Um, I think I, I speak for both of us when we say it's so good to be home. And uh, especially after sitting on a plane tarmac, on the tarmac for a good five hours and going nowhere and canceled flights, delayed flights, changed flights, maybe wouldn't have made it back for church on Wednesday. And uh, we weren't about to have that. So we, we finally got to Vegas and stayed the night in Vegas. They say it's fun, but it's not fun at two in the morning uh, when you're <laughs> trying to get some sleep. But uh, all, all jokes aside, we are so grateful to be home and, uh, and to be in church with you all. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you to all those that, uh, that just held down the fort and just picked up all the slack while we were out. So grateful for all, all the work that was put into that. Uh, so thankful. Uh, I heard the preaching last Wednesday. Brother Diaz, it was awesome. Amen. I was in church with you all on Wednesday night. It was great. And then uh, I was in church with you all on Sunday as well. I just got done preaching. Some people got the Holy Ghost, got baptized. And uh, I, was in, I, was, I just immediately said, I got to go to the next service. And so I listened in. And, man, let me tell you, that was a powerful word from God. Amen. Now, what some of you may not know is that Brother Silva's flights were also canceled, jumbled around. And uh, he was, they, they rerouted him to Sacramento because of the weather in Reno. Well, there wasn't really any weather in Reno, so I don't know why they rerouted him, but he almost didn't make it. So he had to stay the night in Sacramento and then flew over. Just be, I said, man, you can just go home. You know, it's, it's all right. I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out, and, and uh, we'll make it happy. He said, no, I really have a word from God. So I'm so grateful for men of God that went, and, and so we, we definitely, we definitely are, are grateful for that. And he made it, and then he flew out that night, so... Y'all got a word from a prophet coming through. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Um, tonight is our communion service night. But before we take communion, I'm going to teach. I might even preach a little bit because I think it's very important um, for us to understand exactly what this is as we are getting close to closing out the year. If I'm not mistaken, this is our last Wednesday night service before the end of the year. And I think it's a great opportunity to take communion tonight. We're going to read quite a few verses here tonight. And then uh, we'll, be, we'll be seated. 1 Corinthians 11 and 17. Now in this... That I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worst. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into this place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. This is not a meal. This is not to eat. This is not a buffet. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? 
Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise you the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which I have also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he, took the he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is, of the new is the, in the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show, that word show literally means to proclaim. You do proclaim the Lord's death until he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when, when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry, one for another and if any man hunger let him eat at home that you may come that you come not together unto condemnation and the rest i will set in order when i come i know that's a lot of verses i'm going to go through and explain that but i want to teach uh, about communion here tonight would you set down your bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray that every word that is spoken here tonight would get down into our hearts and into our minds Come on, would you lift up your voice? We're coming up on the close of a year, and we're going to have a moment here tonight. We're going to have a moment where we can get before the presence of God. We want to be right. We want to have things together. We want to have things in order. We want to step into this next year with the right attitude, with the right spirit. Lord, we want to show, we want to proclaim what you have done for us in this next year, Lord. And we've got to enter it right, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Communion. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And uh, if you know anything about the Corinthian church, uh, they, are, they are listed and labeled through uh, preaching, teaching, and, and even history. Uh, and anybody who studies the Bible is just being the most gifted church. They always had, he said, he was talking about when they came together, everybody had a prophecy. Everybody had a, everybody had a tongue. Everybody had something spiritual to give. But it is the very Corinthian church that Paul is dealing with the character. Because you can be a very gifted individual but not have the right character, and it means nothing. We have to be, we have to be character-driven individuals not talent-driven individuals, amen? And so he's writing this, and he's trying to set some things in order because they are coming together to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, or what we call communion, and they are turning it into a party. 
They are turning it into a buffet. And he begins to write to them that they're not coming together for better, but they're coming together and getting worse. I think church ought to be the place where you come to get better. Amen? Church is not the place where your vices get worse. Church is the place where God removes the vices from your life. Church is the place where we should come and our hearts should be changed, our lives should be changed, our spirit should be changed, and our soul itself should be changed. Amen. Every time we come together, amen, it shouldn't be for division. It shouldn't be for drunkenness. It shouldn't be for parties. It shouldn't be for all of the other trappings of this world. Amen. Uh, it shouldn't be for gossip. There's no place for all that. Paul's writing to them about divisions, and he says, I partly believe it. Uh, you just got to deal with people long enough to realize that divisions are always going to be there. And he said, heresy's got to be there so that those that are approved might be made manifest. The reason that there are hypocrites in the church is so that, that those that are not hypocrites, those that are the real deal, might be made manifest. You only are going to really know, amen, the real thing when the fake, fake thing shows up. And, uh, and you are able to notice that there are real Christians in the house of God. Amen. And he's writing to them about when they come together, they're turning the Lord's Supper, they're turning communion into a party. And he's saying, you don't come together to eat the Lord's Supper. It's not a meal. And, and, and though they were eating, though there was, there was partaking, he's saying, you, 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 you're not to come here and turn it into a buffet. And then this is what he's, what he's describing is that they are coming and one person grabs every bit of food, puts it on their plate. I think this is just good teaching about when you go to somebody's house to eat. But uh, <laughs> they're taking everything for themselves and leaving everybody else hungry. And then there's others that are taking the wine, and they're drinking so much of it that they're getting drunk. The intention was not to turn this into a party where some went home hungry and some went home thirsty. The church is not a place where we come and, and, uh, and some just binge eat and drink and, and others go home hungry and others go home without. This is a place where we are all coming, when we come to take communion or the Lord's Supper, we are all coming as one body of believers. When we leave this building tonight, there will not be one person that is better than another. When they walked into church, they were thinking, well, I deserve more than the other person. But when we take communion, we aren't to walk in and say, well, I deserve more than others. When we leave this building, we should leave with the mentality that we prefer our brother. Amen. We prefer our sister. And so he goes through and he's talking about the Lord's Supper. But I want to break down and I want to talk about what the Lord's Supper is, what communion is. To fully understand this concept, it seems a little bit out of character. We're going to be reading uh, quite a few verses and, and we're going to go through uh, most of the stories in the New Testament where this, this happened. But to understand what is going on, you've got to look back at the Old Testament. This concept that Jesus is doing, where, where Paul is writing about it, that in the day that he was betrayed, he took bread and he took wine. This is not just something that Jesus decided to do on a whim. This goes all the way back to Genesis. There was a priest by the name of Melchizedek that showed up to Abram, Abraham. And Abraham, he paid tithes of all to Melchizedek. And it was there that Melchizedek brought out some bread and he brought out some wine. And it was there that he was bringing Abraham into an Old Testament form of communion and covenant with God. 
This is not something that started in the New Testament, but it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. You can follow this line through the Bible, and you can take it all the way to the, to the time where they are coming up out of Egypt and out of the land of bondage. And on that final night, what we call the Passover, the Passover night, they are to take an animal, they kill that lamb, and they take the blood of the lamb, and they are to smear it on the doorpost of their house. And the reason behind this is that, that the angel of death will pass over and it, that death will not take their firstborn son. Amen. It still takes the blood, amen, for your family to be safe. You can't, you can't make it without the blood. This is, this is you, you've got to be in communion with God or you will not be saved. There has to be connection to, to the almighty God. There's got to be connection to the blood or you can't be saved. But not only that, God told them, you're going to take unleavened bread, and you're going to bake it, and you're going to eat it. There was blood, and there was bread. There was blood, and there was wine. And you follow it all the way through, and if we can turn in our Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 22. Jesus tells his disciples in Luke 22 to go find an upper room. In fact, what's powerful about this is this is the same upper room that they come to in Acts chapter 2. The very place that they take the first communion in the New Testament is where they ended up getting filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's this upper room in Luke chapter 22 that he, he, he lets his disciples know, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to, I'm going to die. And uh, this is one of his final acts. And it seems almost out of place if you don't take into context Melchizedek and some of the other Old Testament stories. But when you, when you understand what is happening here, this is the time of Passover. So Jesus goes to the upper room with his disciples to celebrate Passover, which is what? The remembrance that they were bondmen in Egypt, but God brought them out by the blood of the lamb over the doorpost and the table and, and, and the bread that was there, the, the unleavened bread. And, and they would do this. They'd done this since they were little kids. Every year, every Jew would do this. It was a time of of remembrance but every time they would remember they would have to remember Egypt so now it's going to make a little more sense when we get to the fact that Jesus is giving them something new to remember Luke 22 and 19 the Bible says and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto the man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves, Which of them it was that should do this thing? And there, also, there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. So they go from finding out who's the betrayer to now talking about who's the greatest. You're going to find a theme that all the way through this, we're talking about communion. There is a viewpoint of one person being better than the other. Or one person being worse than the other. And this is something that Jesus is about to resolve and Paul resolves later on in the New Testament. And there was the strife, a crowning, which one is the greatest? And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, 
and they exercise authority upon all them that are called benefactors. But, you shall, but ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, let him, or as him that also serves. He's saying that this, this, this moment right here is not a jockeying for position. When you come together in communion with your brother and communion with God, there has to be a remembrance of me, but there's also got to be a remembrance of your connection with one another. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus is telling them. They don't even know what they're about to start remembering. But he's saying, when you take Passover, when you take communion, from this point forward, you are not looking back to Egypt, but you are looking back to me. You're not looking back to an Old Testament law, but you are looking back to the New Testament, the new covenant that Jesus Christ died for us, amen, died for our sins. And it is his blood, not the blood of bulls and goats, but it was his blood that has saved us and washed us of all of our sins. He said, do this in remembrance of me. They don't even know what they're about to remember because Jesus hadn't died yet. But he's telling them, you're about, to have a very, you're about to have a very good memory of what's about to happen. Every one of you is going to see me led away into captivity because tonight, on the very night he was betrayed, on the very night Jesus was betrayed, and there's a whole message in that, that on the very night he was betrayed, he tried to bring Judas into fellowship. He tried to bring Judas into communion. It was an opportunity for Judas to get things right. It was an opportunity for Judas to make it correct, amen, and to come into communion. Amen, he had already, he'd already gone and got the silver. He'd already done everything he had to do on the back end, but Jesus would give him another opportunity. I want to tell you, if Jesus in the face of his betrayer can try to bring somebody else into fellowship and not view himself as higher, what do we ought to do? Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray for just a moment. Come on, we've been talking about fellowship for the last few months, and there's a reason we came to culminate at this point here tonight. Amen. We're not greater than one another. We're not less than one another. Amen. We are in communion with one another. We're in communion with God. Hallelujah. But Jesus says, you're going to do this in remembrance of me. This bread, this is my body which was broken for you. You're going to see me whipped and beaten they're going to tie me to a post. They're going to slap me across the face. They're going to spit on me. They're going to put a crown of thorns on my head till the blood runs down my face. They're going to pierce me through the hands and through the feet. They're going to put me on an old rugged cross that I had to carry up a hill. And then they're going to stab me in the side after giving me a little vinegar, a little extra bitterness on top of it all. And you're going to remember that every time that you take communion. But not only that, you're going to remember that this, this, this New Testament, the Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remission. That a testament cannot come unless there is a death of the one that is writing the testament. Jesus is saying, I've got my last will and testament. But it was not purchased with money. It was not purchased with heritage. It was not purchased with any other religious things. This blood, is, this, 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 this New Testament was purchased with my blood. So the next time that you come to church and you think, man, it's hard coming to church, just remember the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice blood of bulls and goats. And that was how you got your covenant. Amen. Every time that you think, man, it's a little difficult to come to church, you've got to remember that this, this New Testament church was purchased by the blood of Jesus. 
It was purchased by his blood. You don't have to pay for it. You couldn't earn it. There's no way you could deserve what God has done. Amen. He said, this, this blood that I'm shedding right now, it is for your salvation. It is for your sins to be remitted. But it's for a new testament. It's for a new covenant to come on your life. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify him if you're thankful to be in the church. Come on, if you're grateful. I'm not in an Old Testament church. I'm in a New Testament church. And I'm so grateful for it. He said, when you take communion, you are not just coming for a feast. You are remembering the brokenness of my body for you. You are remembering all the blood that was shed on Calvary for you. And when you come together, you are to remember that it was not just for you, but it was for everyone else among you. There was not one individual at that table that night that Jesus was saying, I'm shedding my blood for everybody else, but not for you. It was for every single one of them. When we take communion, it is a time of remembrance. It's a time to remember what God has done for you. If it had not been for the body of Jesus being beaten, if it had not been for the blood of Jesus, can anybody imagine what kind of life you would be living? I know this is a little heavier tonight, but that's all right. Sometimes we need moments like this. Can you imagine what, you would, what your life would be without a New Testament church? Where your family would be? Sometimes we need moments where we look back on our life and we remember, God, without your blood, without your mercy, without your body, without your church, God, I would be nowhere. 1 Corinthians 11 and 26. So when we take communion, it is a time of remembrance. And we're going to do that here tonight. We're going to remember. We're not looking back to Egypt. We're not looking back to the Old Testament. We're looking back to the body and blood of Jesus. Every time they, they, took, uh, every time they took communion, they weren't looking back to the Passover. They were looking, they're not looking at that old lamb in the book of Exodus. They, they were looking at the lamb of God that John said takes away the sins of the whole world. But there's another reason that we take communion. 1 Corinthians 11 to 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. There is a proclamation. There's one more thing that we need to remember. When we take communion here tonight, we need to remember every person that is not in church. We're going to remember what God has done for us. But there's got to be a remembrance of those that are not in church, whether they were in church and are no longer in church, or those that maybe you go to work with every day. Because he says, as long as you do this, you are proclaiming the Lord's death. When we take communion, it is a proclamation that there is still blood for everybody else. When we take communion, it's a proclamation that there is still mercy and there is still grace. And if God could be gracious to me, he can be gracious to you. Somebody magnify him for just a moment. Come on, let's magnify him for just a few moments. Come on, we, when we take this communion, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he come. We are making a proclamation that God can save to the uttermost. And God, I want to take it from this moment and from this season, and I want to find somebody that is not here. I want to remember somebody that has never been in church. I want to remember somebody that used to be in church. And God, I'm going to do everything I can to reach the lost. It is a remembrance of those 
that are not in there. There's three groups of people when we take communion. There's the group of people that are in communion with God that are taking it. There is the world that is not in communion with God. They are not taking communion. And finally, we're coming to this part. There is a group of people that take communion, but their heart's not right. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 20. Now, when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto him by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Now get ready for this. Then Judas, which betrayed him. It's already happened. It's already, he's already made the deal. Answered and said, Master, is it I? He said to him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples, including Judas, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When we take communion, it is a time of remembrance. When we take communion, it is a time of proclamation. But when we take communion, I think one of the number one reasons we take communion and one of the main reasons we typically do it near the end of the year is it is a time for examination. One of the most tragic stories in the entire Bible is the story of Judas. Judas comes from the name Judah, which means praise. He was of the tribe of Judah. He was the one where the scepter would come out of Judah. He was by bloodline, even technically going to be related to Jesus. And Judas was the one that would always see the poor and say, we shouldn't break this ointment open. We should sell it and give it to the poor. Judas always seemed to have better motives than everybody else. Judas always seemed to have, uh, in fact, the, even after this moment when Judas, he says, what you do, do quickly. All the disciples think that he's going to buy some bread for some poor people. He had so fooled even the disciples to thinking that he was a good guy. But he had not examined himself. One of the most tragic things anybody can do is not take moments out to examine their own heart. He looked at Jesus after having already made the deal and said, Lord, is it I? Now either Judas was trying again to put on a show and lie or Judas lived a life without examination. They all inquired of themselves, among themselves, and asked, do you know who it is? And then finally they inquired of Jesus and said, Lord, just tell us, is it I? And Judas himself asked, is it I? When you leave some things unchecked in your life, when there are things that are unrepentant in your spirit, things like bitterness, 
Things like hurt, misunderstanding, things that necessarily don't necessarily have to be repented of. But they're in your heart. They're in your spirit. There are times of disappointment when we leave them in our spirit. I don't know exactly what, at what moment Judas changed. I don't know if it was when he saw the alabaster box being broken and he didn't understand worship, though he came from the tribe of praise. I don't know if it was at that moment that he, 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 he just said, you know what, I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with this. I don't believe that Jesus deserves all of that praise. I think we ought to do better things. I don't know if it was the fact that he had such good intentions that he missed out on his moment of worship. I don't know if it was then, and I also don't know if it was when Jesus was there and he told the crowd, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part with me. And the entire crowd left, and Judas thought to himself, there goes the megachurch. I don't know exactly know at what point Judas started to change, but something got in the spirit of Judas. I don't know if it was his love for money. In fact, people talk about this all the time, that Jesus talked about money more than he did any other subject, including hell or heaven. My personal opinion is that Jesus was doing everything he could to save Judas. That's why he let him hold the bag, because Jesus will give you an opportunity to fail him. Oh, I'm going to help somebody here tonight. I came with a burden in my spirit. I wasn't going to miss church tonight. I came to help somebody to examine. I'm going to tell you, Jesus knew exactly what Judas's issue was, his problem was. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. You know what 30 pieces of silver would buy you in the Old Testament? A slave. That's all Jesus was to him, not a servant, not, not a savior. He was nothing more than a hired servant, just a slave. And that's all he traded Jesus out for, was 30 pieces of silver. I believe that Jesus was doing it over and over again, trying to save Judas. Because Judas, I want you to start examining yourself. I'm going to let you hold on to the bag. And every time you see money coming and going out of this ministry, I want you to see what's happening. And I want you to check your own spirit, Judas. And Judas never did. And there he goes, betraying Jesus. Immediately they go from trying to figure out who the betrayer was to finding over who is the greatest. In a moment when they should be examining themselves, they are boasting of themselves because pride is not always honest. In this holy moment of the first communion, Jesus has to remind them that, the, that his gospel, that his kingdom is not about pride, it's about humility. It's not about positions. It's about servanthood. It's not about self. It's about others. It's not about taking. It's about giving. It's not about holding on to grudges and bitterness. But it's a kingdom that's solely trying to bring about forgiveness. We need to examine ourselves here tonight. Would you stand all across the building? Would you lift up your hands and let's pray for just a moment. Come on, every individual in this house, tonight is a night of remembrance. You can remember what good things God has done for you. When we do this, we're proclaiming that Jesus really did die. He really was beaten. He really was, he really was crucified, and he really did rise again. 
But Lord, I want to examine myself. I don't want to just think that I'm better than I really am. I want to examine myself. Lord, you know my flaws. You know my failures. But Lord, I need to examine whether or not I am living right, whether or not my spirit is right, whether or not my heart is right, because I can't go into this next season. I can't go into this next year like Judas thinking everything's going to be fine. Uh, I've got to get some things taken care of in my spirit. Somebody pray for just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to read a verse, and then we're going to come, and we're going to have a time of prayer. 1 Corinthians 11 and 27. He is relating directly back to Judas. He's saying this isn't just some ritual. Some people think it is. Just a ritual. I know of churches and of the denominations take communion every Sunday. It's just become another ritual. Uh, I do believe that we ought to we ought to take communion. Maybe more than once a year. Who knows? But I will say this. It's a very real deal when we have a moment of examination. First Corinthians eleven and twenty seven. Wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. What does that really mean? Somebody who's got some things in their spirit that they've not gotten out. People that, that are, 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 are drinking the, the wine and eating the bread as if to signify they're in covenant with God, but they're not. He said, anybody who drinks this unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. This is what he says. But let a man examine himself. Before anybody takes us here tonight, I'm not going to make anybody do it. In fact, I'm going to we're going to have a self-examination service here tonight. Before anybody does that, we're going to take a moment for examination because it's important. Let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. There's a lot we can unpack there. But I think it's interesting that he says that that there's certain physical things that come into play when people don't examine their spirit. And later on this verse, he starts talking about this is the chastening of the Lord because we won't judge ourselves. Because we, we feared self-examination and would not get things taken care of. He said that's why so many are sick. That's why many, so many are going through so many troubles. That's why so many are dying, sleeping, if you will. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, Brother Word. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. I can't examine you. This isn't a Catholic church where we do confessions. I can't examine you and figure out if you're in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you? Or are you reprobates? Every time, every so often in the church, and I know we have altar calls often, we need to take moments and just say, God, is there anything in my spirit? Is there anything in my spirit that I have not gotten out this year? Through every altar call, through every service, is there anything that is hindering me from moving forward? And start that, that examining of oneself. God, I want, I want to find out not just if there's anything in my spirit, but Lord, am, am I truly living for you? 
Or if I just become like Judas where I got a good show going. Am I truly serving you or is, is it just popular to follow Jesus? Am I doing it or is it because my family goes to church? Am I just, am I, am I really in church? Am I really saved? Am I really part of the body? Am I really connected to you? Or is it just because my family does this? Is it just because so-and-so comes to church? Am I, am I really, really saved or not? No one but you and Jesus can determine that. Would you lift up your hands? I'm done teaching. Hallelujah. Come on, I want to open up this altar. Would you come up to the front? We're going to take a few moments. If there's anything in your heart, from the pulpit to the pew, every individual, let's take a moment and examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. Let's examine ourselves. I don't want, I don't want to take communion here tonight and my spirit not be right. If there's any part of me, if there's any part of our lives, if there's any bitterness, if there's any guile, if you have aught with one another, if there's any division, if there's anything, I would get it taken care of tonight. I would get it fixed tonight because I'm not going into this next year, this next season. I don't want to have the attitude of Judas that I, I think everything's all right. No, I want to make sure, Lord, is it I? And when I ask, I want you to tell me, and I want to fix it. Come on, if you got to repent, Jesus, God, I pray right now, I repent of every, every thought anything I've said, anything I've done, God, if there be any evil way or wicked way in me, God, please forgive me. As David would say, Lord, please forgive me of all presumptuous sins, even things I didn't realize I was doing, God. I pray forgive me, Lord. You sacrificed yourself on Calvary. You died for me, God. You shed your blood for me, God. And it's so that you might save me, God. And I want to examine myself, God. I need your forgiveness. I need your blood on my life. I want to be serving you with my whole heart, God. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, all across the building for just a few moments. God, before we do this tonight, take communion. God, we are going to remember your body. We're going to remember your blood. We're going to remember what you did for us. Lord, we're going to proclaim that you did die for us and you did rise for us. But, Lord, we also are examining ourselves. I want to make sure I got my heart right. I want to make sure I'm in church. I want to make sure I'm saved. I want to make sure it is well with my soul. Come on. Come on. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost yet? Have you submitted your life to Jesus? Come on. It's got to be a moment where you examine, am I in the faith? Am I walking right? Am I living right? Come on, if you need to repent of anything, I'd repent of it right now. If you got to make it right with somebody, if you got to forgive somebody, I'd do it right now. But my Bible says, leave your gift at the altar and make it right with your brother or sister. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The past is the past. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. If there be any wicked way in me, any anything, God, whatever it is, God, help me to pinpoint it, God, and wash me of it.
Wash me of it. said that you got to examine yourself and he warned and I'm going to give the same warning here today if you have not been baptized in Jesus name for the remission of your sins I would not take communion tonight I would get that taken care of tonight if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues I would not take communion tonight I would pray until God fills you with the Holy Ghost if you've not repented of your sins past, present, or future. I wouldn't take communion tonight. But if you know, I'm part of the body. It was His blood that saved me. I'm part of the church. Then take communion. Now parents, if you have any kids and you know they've not been baptized, they haven't got the Holy Ghost, uh, I'm going to rely on you to uh, have them sit this one out. Uh, if I could have Elder Bobo and Brother Machado, if you could bring the Communion trace. If we could take a couple steps back. Each grab one, Elder. If you can hand them out. You can come up to these gentlemen and take one. Now, if you need to pass them to somebody else, that's fine too. these ones work all in one this little purple tab is the one that's got the unleavened bread and uh, we'll peel that back first so once you get that peel back the first portion part. hallelujah gentlemen Bible says, and when he had given thanks, he took the bread, he broke it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
open up the cup as well. Brother Worley, did we get you one back there? Bible continues on by saying, after the same manner, he also took the cup. And when they had supped, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Father, we thank you that you were that your body was broken for us. We remember what you did for us all those years ago on Calvary. And to the world, it's foolishness, but to those of us that are saved, it is the power of God. The cross is not foolish to us. It is the power of God to salvation. We thank you for what you did in saving us, that your body got broken, beaten up. And it was my sins that put you there, Lord. And I thank you for every drop of blood that you shed for me. Because it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. But it's by the precious blood of Christ, without spot, without blemish, God, that washed my sins away. God, I remember what you've done for me. I'm so grateful for what you've done for me, Jesus. And Lord, we give you praise. Come on, somebody pray all across this building. Just take a few moments and remember what God has done. Take a few moments. And think about his precious blood, his precious blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody magnify you.
Let's love them all across this building.